Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm one of those college papers that gets written the night before the due date when the student is clearly on a bender and there's no time to revise and they're going to fail the course if this goes wrong. And oh, Disney bought the company. Never mind. Yes, this is a New Mutants metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm Alex. And I'm Britain. And... My father always told me that in every one of us lives two bears. <laughs> the one that lives a normal bear life and the one that watches the new mutants. <laughs> a, a mean bear and a nice bear. <laughs> oh, Lord. Guys, we've, we're finally here after <laughs> five delays, uh, a global pandemic. <laughs> Um, <laughs> new new mutants truly is inevitable. Oh my god! They you know the the vaccine is rolling out, and so are these new mutants, and they're here to stay. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> um, yeah, we we are talking about the new mutants uh, from from twenty twenty. Uh, I guess that's part of Alex's spiel. Um, I just feel I feel like we need to like discuss the the. The vibes, the concept, the how we got here more before we get into actual discussion, because... It... Yep, and here to help us is Catherine Hahn. Catherine, come on out and <laughs> tell us a little bit about... <laughs> it's just a bizarre thing. Alex, say the, say the stuff. Sure. So, The New Mutants, for all this time I thought it was just New Mutants, uh, uh, directed by Joss Boone... Uh, came out in 2018, I mean uh, 2019, uh, I mean uh, 2020, it has a 35% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and a 56% audience score. Yeah. Hold on. I want to compare that with X-Men Dark Phoenix. Okay. Give me one second. I, I can't even remember when we reviewed that. Feels like a lifetime ago. Do y'all remember when we reviewed X-Men Dark Phoenix? Would have been in, in I mean, 2019, I think we were, right? Yeah, we were still Jean Grey at the time, I think. Oh my god. Yeah, oh my. That was a back a long time ago. Oh, Dark Phoenix was a 23 and a 64. Ooh. So, oh, wow. lower critic score but higher out. audience score. Fascinating. Um I can go with best and worst thing. Yeah, hit it. Um my my <laughs> worst thing about this movie is that the uh the movie feels like a television movie mm. more than I think any movie we've ever done, <laughs> including including that one Power Rangers TV episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's uh, Josh Boone is an interesting choice for this because it's a lot like uh, Mark Webb choosing mm. Mark Webb for uh, Amazing Spider-Man and then kind of like inserting more spider-man cgi craziness when they really they hired him and they were like oh you're just gonna do like this rom-com type thing this kind of yeah. teen drama um young adult style spider-man gwen stacy thing and that kind of blew up into something else i feel like this is a very similar thing but like at a much lower level mm. <laughs> like the, they never expected it to be that like high quality and also the cgi they added is terrible <laughs> um but like the actual the way it's it's shot is just so flat um and josh boone is like his the biggest thing he's known for is fault in our stars um 
and it's like, a movie well well known for its uh, cinematic <laughs> high <flair>. octane action. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, and it's just like it's a weird. I feel like it's a weird choice for this movie, and they were clearly going for some sort of young adult teen drama thing. It feels a lot like a a show you'd see on Hulu. Um, mm. Like I think mm. I think several Marvel shows popped popped up on Hulu, like a Runaways, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah Cloak and well, Dagger. I guess on that note, Britain, I think you had mentioned at one time you tried that X Men show that was on Fox called The oh, Gifted. Oh, The Gifted. I, oh, like yeah. it, I was going to oh, ask, in terms beans. of like cinematography and like just style, is is this like near that, or or what, what are we looking at? I mean, I feel like this one, because it was it's in a very specific kind of location and is going for a specific tone and trying mm. to be a pseudo-horror movie, I feel like this sets itself apart a little more visually, whereas The Gifted, I think, was try- was a TV show set in the X-Men universe. Like, okay. It, it, it was kind of like, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that, where it's like, here you go. I also didn't finish the first season because I, I, I realized it wasn't healthy for me to keep watching it <laughs> because I really didn't like it. Um uh, everyone tried. It's okay. Amy Acker's great. But um, <laughs> also, Brian Singer made the first episode, so why am I being nice? <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, but the, it's not the actor's fault, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that one just felt like a TV show. And this one, it's not really shot differently, necessarily. But like mm-hmm. the things he is shooting seem Are more interesting. different. But maybe not more cinematic. Okay. It does feel Hulu is like, like an into the one of those Hulu into the dark kind of deals, like mm-hmm. Castle Rock or whatever, which is not into the dark, but you know. What or I'm even saying. like a like a Netflix movie that they just yeah. kind of were like, "Hey, we're throwing some money at somebody. We've we've contracted you because you made something that some somebody likes somewhere, and right. so we're going to be like, hey, spin us up a movie, show yeah. us what you got. Okay, you made it. Great. Moving on. Don't make um, a Winks saga. You want more <laughs> Winks? Don't make a Winks saga. Um, it it feels yeah, just just. I don't know that we've reviewed many movies that felt their budget more. Um, the movie, I think, is like 50 to $60 million budget, I want to say, I saw. Maybe a little higher than that. Um, which Deadpool, like, Deadpool had the roughly the same budget. Sure, but I'm thinking comparatively... And Deadpool does have much, much, much better special effects. Um, but also, there is a lot of, like human action in Deadpool yeah. that they can kind of get away with by doing good stunts and things like that. Um, and they can, they can help the, uh, the effects and the animators and stuff out by having somebody who, or by having the scene shot in a way so that it's really enhancing it. It's not like creating a scene from scratch for the most part. Um, and this one is very much just anytime there's effects of anything, it's like, ah, this is, this is not you. You did not have the the Fox, uh, A Team Viz on <laughs> on here. Uh, it's 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 rough. Um, so yeah, the, I mean, I think it was, it was just very hard for me to get immersed at all in the film because I was constantly like, this is just very flat and not well shot, and th- things don't look good. Um, my <laughs> my best thing. Uh, co- contradictorily, uh, is Demon Bear. Sure, <laughs> I don't. Sure. I don't care that it looks like a video game boss. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. They just. They just were like, yeah, Demon Bear, yeah. and they don't even. There's not. <laughs> so this is a thing at the comics, right? And we'll. I'll have to talk about the comics a little bit. I think I've read them, the like kind of the, 
the most similar to this movie comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had read somewhere along the way a, a long time ago. Um, but I have a solid understanding of the characters and I can, we can get into that, but there is a demon bear in the comics. I just thought in this movie, like, I think in the comics, that's like a long, a longer saga. Like it's sure. something that kind of builds up that like, Oh, there is something going on with uh, Danny Moonstar and she's got the, uh, that's eventually going to come to a head with the, the, the demon bear. Um, and in this case, it's just like, Oh yeah, demon bear. <laughs> like they don't, they don't give it a name. It's not like there's, Oh, well the ancient tribal name was right. uh, the, the Wendigo. Like they don't, they don't do yeah. tie it into a crypto cryptid or anything like that. Um, <laughs> they just call it demon bear. And I keep, I kept being like, okay, are they going to, yeah. What, where's this gonna go? How how much are we really gonna like get of this? Is this gonna be like just not really a thing that they do because they don't have the budget for it? But they just are like, nah, we'll make it look terrible and we'll put it out there, and it's just gonna be this giant bear that attempts to murder them. And I was like, this is great. I'm having yeah. a lot. I'm actually having a lot of fun, uh, and and it's almost the way the movie intended me to have fun. Right. Um, it's, it's right on the verge. It's right on the verge. Uh. Yeah, um, I think there's there's one point where uh, Danny says, like, she's in, like, a, a mind forest with her dad, <laughs> and she says, like, but I can't fight the demon bear, he's so much bigger than me, or something like that, and I'm like, that's not... It's not the first reason I think I'm, it's, it is a demon bear. You don't, there's two problems. I think you need to, to two right. obstacles to tackle there before we talk about the fact that yes, it is also very large. If I were like five <laughs> ten, I might be able to take him, but there's just like, uh, I, I, I did, I did like the wonderful bit of advice that Slipknot gave, gave her. <laughs> no, you're bigger. Yes, that's true. And if you ever <laughs> felt the dead weight that is faux uh, emotional catharsis in a movie, yeah. <laughs> this would be it. There's such a great moment at the beginning where she and and uh, her her dad Adam Beach Slipknot, who's also in Flags of Our Fathers, like he's a, he's a legitimate actor. We, oh yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's funny because he's the man who can climb anything. Exactly, and that's as they're running, and he was like, "No, I have to go back to help those people." I went, "Well, he'll be fine. He can climb anything." <laughs> we don't have to worry about old Adam. Oh my lord! Yes, um, Tyler, are, 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 is, is that your best and worst? Yes, it is. Okay. Is that all right if I jump in, Alex? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So I, I, I want to do a disclaimer on this one because I had a realization watching it, similar to with, with 80, Wonder Woman 84, when the mall scene happened, I went, oh, this is a silly movie. Mm-hmm. I have to now reprogram my brain to understand that I'm watching a silly movie and watch it on those terms. And with this, I had a realization at some point. I was like, oh, this is a YA movie. Like. Mm-hmm. Whether that was the goal or not, I'm not sure, but that's what we got. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think it was. And and there are times like where the dialogue, it really felt like one of those things where you, you have a bot watch like a hundred Hallmark Christmas movies and then write one. <laughs> I mean, write down – and I and I really do – well, I, I'll get this part in a minute. But like a lot of the things that I initially want to criticize the movie for, I feel like – are just it being a YA movie. Sure. And so that would be like somebody criticizing West Side Story 
for having songs. It's like, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's a yeah. musical. Like, if you think the songs are done badly, that's one thing. But if you're like, oh, it's bad because there are songs, so why are you watching a musical? Right. And and so I really think that I, I, I want to be careful in how I go about critiquing the movie because I don't want to fall into the trap of, oh, YA is stupid. Stuff aimed at teens is bad. If a teen likes it, that doesn't count. Because we, that's, you know... We, gave a, a half-hearted attempt at a serious like analysis of the twilight films sure we, we're, we're clearly not going to be like some no, of which, write it off right away some right. of which we actually liked right exactly. <laughs> not even ironically some of it we actually liked yeah. yeah and i think that you know as you as we get older some of that art that we enjoy as children as teenagers we keep and we continue to love and they grow with us like toy story or the muppets mm-hmm. And sometimes we can look back on it and go, okay, I did age out of this, but I still see something in here that's that's legitimate. I totally get like, I'll show this to my kids, even if I don't want to watch it, they'll get something out of it, and that's great. And yeah, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, but like, I work in the children's department of a library, so like, I'm constantly around art that I've aged out of. That like, I'm having to think about what am I recommending to a kid, or what am I like trying to you know highlight for people. And so like, I I, I don't want to fall into that trap of YA equals dumb because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so trying to look at the movie that way, I still don't think it's that well done, but I want, and, and some of it is very funny, not because it's like, that's such a teen thing, but because it's like a a silly sentence. Um, and, and so I think that my, my, my best, one of my best things about the movie is that she consistently talks about there are two bears inside every person. (laughs) And now... My disclaimer for this is that in the movie, she says it's an old Native American proverb. I do not know if that is true. I Googled it, and the only results I got were the New Mutants. So <laughs> maybe that's just the top I result. I have to guess it's probably not true. Yes. And I that's can the confirm the demon bear story was created by two white men. So. Right. Well, <laughs> In the 80s of all times. Well, well Tyler, do, they, do you remember that being like a through line in the comics of the two bears? No, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I, okay. I do not know. Let's assume, Britain, then, it right. was made up I, for the movie. Not even for the comic it was based on. It was made up for the movie. Yeah, and I do credit the movie. I believe that the actress who plays Danny and the actor who plays Sunspot, those actors are specifically ethnically the same as their characters. That, mm-hmm. like, the actor who plays Sunspot is Brazilian, and I believe that the actress who plays Danny is Cheyenne Native American. So I'm like, oh, that's great that you actually went like tribe specific. Like that's awesome. So I wonder then it you I would hope that these days or three years ago they wouldn't have <laughs> just been like making up a Native American thing. Yeah. But I so if, if they did that, it's hilarious. If if they didn't, then that's a real proverb. I apologize it isn't funny. Um <laughs> you're you're telling a thing. Well and I, and I it's also it. like you you can <laughs> if it's a real thing you can present that in a way that makes true, it sound true. more like insightful. Right. Well, because also, it does come off just very silly and treacly. Well, also the way she brings it up at the beginning, like it makes you think that that's going to be like a theme for the rest of the movie. And it's just not yeah. like yeah. the rest of the movie is not about because it's supposed to be like everyone has good and bad in them. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's what that story is supposed to represent. The rest of the movie is not about each of these kids really battling like the good and evil inside of themselves it's them being like there's weird stuff going on in this insane asylum oh demon bear yeah i mean they're yeah. dealing with their like past traumas but i guess it's not really the same yeah. thing um my other best thing about this is 
that the romantic relationship in the movie is gay. Like that's very cool. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it's not highlighted or it doesn't feel like, look, see, and everyone's reacting to it. It's just presented as like, yeah, these two characters fell in love. Let's keep going. And I think it's nice to live in an era where this is not the only place you find that, but I think it's the only <laughs> superhero movie that has a central same sex love love story where they kiss like actively kiss in in the in the movie like in terms of technically theatrically released films i think you're right like 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 in like front and center main thing um it's like i thought that was very cool and i think Mm -hmm. they do it you know pretty standardly like there's nothing particularly special about it but i think it's special that it exists in the movie yeah um my worst thing I'm going to go with just the character of magic. I think Anya Taylor-Joy did a nice job. I think she did as well as she could, like no shade on on, on Anya Taylor-Joy. But I found that character so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and also they didn't I never they didn't I don't think do a great job of explaining what her mutant power was. Mm-hmm. I I read up on the characters after the movie and I kind of got it, but it was like, "Oh, so she can open a portal to a doom level." <laughs> And she can also make one arm like armor and hold a big sword. And sometimes her puppet is a real dragon, and that's because she's a mutant. I, I <laughs> it also felt kind of. I, I, I that was another question I had for Tyler was, is magic like a Rob Liefeld creation from the mid nineties? <laughs> So that like that like set of power like when she pulled out like the metal arm with the with the giant lightsaber I was like what is going on <laughs> I'm not even is is magic a mutant. I thought she's she was, Col- she's Colossus's sister. She is, is Colossus's sister, um, but I think there is like actual. Now, now I gotta do my research. Well, I suppose um, that's true because like Juggernaut's not technically a mutant. I know he's not in this movie, but just we have examples in the comics of characters who are yeah she mutant centric, um, but not actually mutants. Hmm. But yeah, Britain. I, I got very confused of like, oh, does she like teleport to an alternate reality? Oh, she created that herself. Yeah. Why is Lockheed sometimes a puppet and sometimes a flying dragon? I, yeah. Yeah. None of that really made sense to me either. And I appreciate she the, is a okay. mutant. I don't actually know like where because she basically she's a mutant who is like captured by demons and like there's a whole thing mm. in the comics. I don't know how I don't know where the line ends between like how much of her powers come from being a mutant versus like drawing crazy uh, demonic energy or, or like i think there's stuff going on there okay. um the lockheed thing is also interesting because lockheed is a little dragon that kitty pride gets right in um some storyline in like some classic 80s storyline um but like that he's just like a dragon like i don't think in the comics there's any sort of like oh sometimes somebody has him and he's a puppet hand and sometimes Mm. he's a real dragon it's just like no he's just a dragon which i guess in this movie you can't have a tiny dragon be flying around but also you don't really need to give her the dragon i don't know my first thought was like oh she has a puppet this must be a reference to a character and it's just like oh this Mm. is her like security toy and he's reminiscent it's like an easter egg but then at the end he turns into a dragon (laughs) right I was like, so, but what? And also, how is this a mutation? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't. So, I guess the short version is: best thing, gay stuff, bear proverb; worst thing, annoying character played by a talented actress. Yeah, agreed. Alex, 
Um, I, I guess first off, I, I want to. I, I am I am the big Fox X Men uh, supporter or Stan, I guess here. <laughs> um, you know, I, I uh, you know, uh, Dark Phoenix is a bad movie, but I still like it. Um, this one, like. Obviously, with the pandemic and everything, like, nobody was going to the movie theaters and, and, you know, very few movies still came out as theatrical releases in 2020. And I, I was I was one of the few people that actually, you know, risked it a few times to, to physically go to a theater. And I feel like that's partially because of my location. I was just like I, – I, I, The ocean I, by the Titanic. I, yeah, obviously. <laughs> you know, James Cameron sets up screenings for me every week. Um, he would though. <laughs> and he would and he would be like no you're watching new mutants you're, you're watching it like but and but then I, we're gonna watch the lost boys deal with it <laughs> i'd be like oh yeah joel joel my boy joel um but Break um, the roof for joel <laughs> alex being a real mom over there I love it. <laughs> okay anyways um so, so like, I, I did go out to the theater to see Tenet. I went out a couple other times for, you know, Promising Young Woman and stuff. But, like, the final affic- official Fox X-Men-esque movie, and I didn't even bother with this one. Like, no. I had absolutely no interest in seeing this. And, and I, I think a lot of that hinged on the reviews, but then also kind of the baggage of, like, when did that trailer first come out? Wasn't it, like, early 2018? When, Probably. When, or it was 2017. I can't remember. But, like, the first trailer came out, and it was, like, a horror movie vibe to it. And everyone got super excited of, like, oh, this is very different. This feels like yeah. not a superhero movie I've seen before. And they were intending on, on reshooting it, adding more stuff to make it a horror movie because the final product we get is not a horror movie. It has some mm-hmm. horror elements. It's not a horror movie. It's a YA movie. Um, But then, obviously, Disney bought... Fox, they didn't care about this movie. It was just dead weight on their bottom line. So they just kind of <laughs> just let it sit for a while and then just released it because they were contractually obligated to. So, like, this movie was basically dead since 2018. Like, I, I've I've known that it was probably not going to turn out for the best right. for a, a couple of years, which is just a weird feeling to have. Oftentimes we're like, you know, I, I feel like j- just because of the news that we look into oftentimes we know too much about certain things, but we still like still get interested. We get excited about things, but just to be like for two whole years, I was not excited for this to come out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I I don't know. It's just, it's an even more depressing way to end this franchise on (laughs) the dark Phoenix. If that, if you can believe that, um, all that being said, uh, my best thing is going to be Maisie Williams. Um, She yeah. was the only one giving a performance that I felt like an emotional connection with, and I'm not sure if that's just because well I've seen her in eight seasons of Game of Thrones, so I'm I'm attached to her as an actress already versus everyone else like Anya Taylor Joy. I've seen her in a couple of things, and then uh, uh, Stranger Things guy, yeah, yeah Stranger Heaton. Things I he was guy, pretty good. Yeah, Charlie Heaton, all right. yeah. He, he's pretty good in the movie, but like Maisie Williams, I I feel like she did a very good job of of yeah. being. I don't know. She she was just a very sympathetic character. Yeah, definitely. And I I feel like in terms of the horror elements, she was the one selling all of that the best. Yeah. Like when she's dealing like when when the uh the the fat priest is like holding her down and branding her and oh, she's man. screaming like that was actually like that was actually kind of tough to sit through. I'm like, "Oh. 
we, we might be onto something here. Is this movie about to 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 pull one out? You know, and and really kind of kind of make us more emotionally invested? No, because then it cuts to Anya Taylor Joy and Charlie Heaton running away from Smiley Face Man. True, yeah. and it's just I, I feel like this movie has so many opportunities to do interesting things because like the trauma that the characters are dealing with is is interesting yeah but the fact that they're all just like we're just going to do these really lame generic flashbacks and not really delve into them all that much because like iliana is a victim of of sexual abuse as a child yeah like i know that's a tough subject and you probably don't want to go into it too much particularly because this is a pg-13 movie but if you're going to have that like really, like I, I don't know. There, there were so many chances, particularly with I, I focus on Ileana because you're right, Britain. She's an insufferable character in this. But <laughs> like when you get to that backstory, you're like, oh, are they going to do something interesting yeah. with her? And then yeah. she just pulls out a blue lightsaber and starts fighting a demon bear. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess not. Well, it is interesting. All the magic lives uh, in her. Yeah. <laughs> All the magic lives in her because that's her. Anya Taylor Joy should be in a Star Wars movie. That would be neat. There you go. Um, should anybody be in a Star Wars movie at this point? <laughs> uh, whatever. Um, the the Book of Joy. <laughs> um, but yeah, Maisie Williams. I'll say is my best thing. Just like every time she popped up on screen, I was like, oh, I'm I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. at least even slightly I'm, interested in what's the, going on. Her, this her is her a accent cast. was pretty good too. Her Scottish was, yeah. was I mean, to me a, a not Scottish person sounded pretty good. This is a cast that I I think I like, but not because of anything they do in this movie. Sure, <laughs> Just sure. like I, I happen to like some of the other things they've done. Um, but uh, she definitely comes out the the strongest in terms of whatever they are giving each actor to do. Yeah. Um, she's able to work with it the best. Yeah, uh, I Charlie Heaton. I feel like his accent bothered me sometimes. Um, he's he's, he's a good from, old southern boy. <laughs> yeah, he's from uh, London, I think, or uh, yeah, he's in England. He's yeah. he, he is he has a British accent regularly. Um, and so I, I there were times where I was kind of like, mm, yeah, and I don't know if this thing, is working on for Stranger me. Things. He just does like a generic American accent. Yeah, right? on Stranger yeah, Things, yeah. He's, yeah. Um, yeah. And I also I also feel like Macy Williams is the reason why the the uh, lesbian relationship works. Oh mm. sure. Um. I feel like, unfortunately, the the actress that plays Danielle uh, Blue Hunt is Mm. her name. Oh, I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes. She doesn't even like have a picture next to her profile, and everyone else does. Well, I she I don't know that she's. I'm 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 trying to check her filmography now. She might not have anything else. But um, this may have been like a first major thing. Yeah, this was her first thing. Um, Okay. Well, yeah. There you go. But I, I felt like she was kind of a flat line, which was kind of problematic because she's the main character of the movie. Um, sure. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like Macy Williams was carrying a lot of the weight in those scenes. Like the the, the sequence where um, Danielle is standing at the top of the clock tower and she's like considering mm-hmm. jumping. And Macy Williams is like trying to talk her off from doing mm-hmm. that. Like, I, I don't know. She was doing a very good job. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of a worse thing, uh, Tyler, I think I'm going to go with – I, I'm gonna, I, I guess, challenge your best thing. I Whoa. the the fi- the finale of the movie I thought was awful, <laughs> um, and I, I think that's just because like it's a completely different movie. It just becomes <laughs> yes, it a is. different movie, 
And, like, the, the whole movie is not building up to lightsaber fight with a demon bear. Like, that's not sure. what this movie is building to. It should have been. It but should have been. If, if, that, if that were the movie I were watching, I'd probably like it a lot more. I, I it's think, not. for me, it was real. Because, like, the demon bear in the comics is just, like, it is it's just a big old, big old bear and it's a demon. Sure. Um, it's actually, you asked me where the two bears things comes from. Um, I think that's actually, like... I forget who engineers it, but some villain in the comics, uh, I believe it's like, this is like a spirit bear. That's like actually a good spirit. And it's been like stabbed with a magical dagger and like, it's Hmm. become like a monster. And like, there's a whole thing with that. Um, so that's like a, that's not like a inherent to some character type thing. Gotcha. Um, but the, just, just having like, Years upon years of, you know, Galactus being a cloud in a Fantastic Four <laughs> Rise of the Silver Surfer. And I don't know, like Ultron never being a good Ultron and Age of Ultron and, and never looking like the creepy having the creepy smile from the comics or anything like that. Like I could I could name hundreds, maybe not quite hundreds, but I could name if there were hundreds of superhero movies up to this point, I'm sure I could find hundreds of examples of uh, places where they were disappointing in terms of like representing something that should be pretty, at least pretty neat, if nothing else. I mean, um, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dark Phoenix and X Men: The Last Stand, like both times, like neither yeah. neither of them really get that. Um, and so this one, at least, it was like, yep, yeah, it's a it's a giant bear. It's got red eyes. Uh, it it eats a lady, and uh, it's it's a big old evil bear. And I was like, all right. How, Sounds good. <laughs> how did we feel about the um, Suicide Squad Redux, where another guy turned into a fire thing and then fought the enemy? Because yeah. I was getting big old Diablo flashbacks, and I don't know which did it better, because this didn't have the blue laser and the sky thing. But mm-hmm. also, Sunspot then just sort of, when he was like activating his power, he yeah. dodged a few things and then smacked a bear with a pew a couple of times. They 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 introduce this sudden thing of like, oh, he he runs away from people, like he's a coward, right. he's hiding under, <clears throat> like he's not because like you you could have it be, oh, he's fighting the bear and he's like trying to throw stuff at the bear and distract it. Yeah, he's just afraid to use his powers. That's that's one thing that would be in line, but instead he's just like hiding under a bench. It's like. Yeah. What? <laughs> Where did the, have we also, like established also, that he's Charlie Heaton another like supposedly emotionally cathartic moment where where he just yells at at uh Roberto he's just like nut up and then he just stands up and, and like activates his firepower. So I'm like, this is just the worst. This movie rules. And somewhere Joss Whedon is sitting in a screening room going, Yes, yes. <laughs> Steepling his fingers. Excellent, excellent. Um I did want to point out that that the character of Sunspot, Roberto, um, he's actually in X Men: Days of Future Past. I was he's one ask. of he, he is the yeah. fire mutant at the beginning, like in the huh. future, is fighting that off the Stewart sentinels. in that movie. Yes, Boo Boo. <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good point. Well, and this so this is something. That I probably could have made my legitimate best thing. Um, it is neat to me because this core cast, you've got Sunspot, Cannonball. I think his name's Cannonball, right? Yeah, Cannonball. 
Um, what was magic. his power, by the way? That was another one where I was like, I can't. I, he basically like store up energy and then launch himself. Itself. Yeah, he basically he turns into a cannibal. He, he and can he's hold like, he's down for a while, and then when you release it, he. Well, one Ooh. thing I was confused about, and, and Tyler, I'm sorry, I'm cutting you off. I'll, I'll, I'll be quick with this. I, I was getting kind of sick of just generic scenes of us in the, like the therapy sessions mm. where where Alice Braga just keeps saying calm, calm, <laughs> and it's like. No, give us – if you're going to have, like, these terrible expositional scenes, give us a scene where all of them are showing off what their powers are. Like, sure. that that is a scene you need in this type of movie, and we don't get that, which is why Britton and I are confused as to what the actual Ca- powers are. Ca- counterpoint, budget. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I would say we've also had – I don't know how many years of Spider-Man movies and uh, mom, nothing jokes. So maybe it's okay that we didn't have those scenes. I Um, will. uh, Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Go ahead. You were saying something. Well, I was just going to say the the cast is like, it's cannibal sunspot. It's magic. It's, um, I don't know if Danielle Moonstar has, I I think she's just like considered Danielle Moonstar. I think she eventually becomes like an ex teacher. Okay. Not ex-teacher isn't a teacher who used to be a teacher, <laughs> but ex-teacher isn't right. an X-Men teacher. Um, uh, who, Ron, Rain? Ron? Yeah, Rain. Rain uh, Wolfsbane. Rain. Yeah, Wolfsbane. Um, thank you. And is that it from this movie? I think that mm-hmm. is the original cast of the team, the, the New Mutants in the comics, who, like, they form because the X-Men are, are away or whatever. Um, and then also the movie has something that in another franchise would be a really neat twist, uh, which is or in an, in a better executed X-Men franchise would be a really neat twist, which is that uh, the institution that they're at, they, they're speculating like, Oh, maybe this is run by the X-Men and we're going to get to work with the X-Men, which is what the comics do and like what they're doing in the comics. Um, but uh, then it's like, Oh snap, they're actually being run by SX Corp who mm-hmm. is uh, Mr. Sinister in the comics, is, is Nathaniel Essex, and he is, does all these crazy experiments and stuff. And, like, I think he was teased in Dark Phoenix or Apocalypse, maybe. In Apocalypse, there's an after credit scene that shows the logo of the company. And... Mm. Um, no, I don't think there's a reference in Logan. Maybe there is. I can't remember. That sounds familiar, but I can't tell you. By um, the way, they use footage... From Logan right. in this, and I was like, yes. "That's embarrassing." Like, she can see the future, dude. Like that's <laughs> that's so embarrassing. She can see the future, dude. Future bear, <laughs> future bear. Um, but yeah, these are like. I was surprised how much the movie was like. Yeah, we'll do this. We'll do that. Those characters, like, we'll just we're not gonna mess with that yeah. too much. Like, we'll just let it happen. Sounds good. Um, yeah that uh, that was one nice thing is that like. It doesn't really do anything for the movie because you have to execute on the qualities that the comics have. But it was it was neat to me that they uh, they did actually stick with that. Just because these X Men movies have historically been so like I don't know, we're just gonna grab whoever seems popular right. in the comics right now. You know, sure. For some somehow we'll we'll do that, but we'll always miss Gambit except for in the worst one. <laughs> um, like we'll we'll just get you know random just whoever whoever is around, whoever's on our whiteboards. Uh, we'll just write, put that character in the movie, um, and it's always been kind of a hodgepodge. Uh, and so it was it was nice to have at least one X Men movie that was like this is the core cast that this is supposed to yeah. uh, center on. 
Yeah, I, I, I like this movie in theory. I like the idea that it's mm-hmm. a bottle movie. It's set in, primarily in one location. We got, we've got like five or six characters in our cast. And I, I like the idea, kind of going back to the characters facing trauma. You know, normally the X-Men movies, like the, the metaphor for like becoming a mutant, like it's all about adolescence and hormones and, and discovering your identity and, and being different from everyone and feeling marginalized because of that. I like that this one takes a different tack with that, where it's like, no, 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 like they they are dealing with demons in their past, and that, that's, I don't know why they didn't just make this a horror movie. I don't know if if Fox was like, no, you can't do that. That that would that would alienate too many people because they didn't you know have any faith in it or or what. But I feel like just going like trying to make that distinction from how they treat the other X Men movies, like that would be the obvious place to go in my opinion. Um, and, well, and even beyond that, I, I like the idea of that twist, but it's not a twist because this, this, this asylum, this institute looks like the location of a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no like false, you know, there's no facade where it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is bright and chipper. It's not like, Oh, this looks like your traditional X mansion. And then like, right. The basement is like the really messed up, insane asylum stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then Sarah the fact- Paulson's not playing the doctor, so clearly, <laughs> exactly. But like, and we only have one doctor there. Like, I there's just so many weird choices. <laughs> <clears throat> I will say, I did find the like Slenderman guys with all the teeth. They were kind of spooky. Yeah. Not like I couldn't sleep at night, but I was like, I, I, there were several points where I was like, I bet if I watched this at fourteen, it, it, I would feel more positively about it. And I think those things would definitely scare me at fourteen. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, compared they to were now. very, uh, very Doctor Who villains. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I uh, liked so them. Kind of like. I liked them until Ileana just pulled out her lightsaber and was like, "Okay, now I'm gonna fight them. They, they've been chasing me for the past yeah. half hour. Now I'm just gonna kill them all in five seconds." Yeah. So what you're telling me is this this movie does technically have a blue laser. That's that's your Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I I did like when she when they were she's about to go into the portal or use the portal or something with a portal and they're like, "Hey, are you sure that's really dangerous? Are you going to be able to survive?" And she goes, "I'll be fine." She looks over her shoulder and the camera zooms in from like the other end of the hallway <laughs> so it takes a second. And then it gets her and she goes, "I'm magic." <laughs> I was like, yep. Yeah. Trust me, you gave us plenty of time in that zoom in to decide what she was going to say. Um, yeah. Brit- I thought that was Brit- very funny. Britton and I were having a discussion about uh, the reveals of superhero names in, in, in media, <laughs> like in, in terms of like within the story, if if the storyteller is too tepid or whatnot, and they have to Tyler come was up also with... having that conversation. Yes, Tyler was there too. Um, but if, if they they have to come up with some cockamamie way to like insert the name, the comic book mm. superhero name or mutant name in there, and like sometimes people are able to do it in an effective way, and then sometimes you get you'll be in an abomination or I'm magic. <laughs> it was I mean, embarrassing. The, the The classic is the say that again. What? Sure. Fantastic. Right, right. Of course, we're the fantastic. It's credits. Um, <laughs> such a, such a movie. Um, I, I yeah. was, I was really hoping in Iron Man 2 that, uh, Sam Rockwell's talking to Mickey working. He's like, you know, you're, 
you're you're causing so much damage to Tony Stark. You're giving him whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Thank you for saving us. You truly are a Superman Four, a quest for peace. <laughs> Um, um. <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about the editing of this movie as well. Yeah, because again, going back to the fact that this feels, it just feels very stilted, and it is very YA. It's very all right. We yeah. just kind of have to show the characters talking, and we're we're just gonna look at them straight on, and that's all we're really doing. Um, there were a couple of sequences and it was mostly whenever because it, this movie does the thing that uh it does both in chapter one and two mm. uh where all the characters are having nightmares they have to face uh because of it <laughs> and um it <laughs> it's very hard to talk about that movie and then like talk normally <laughs> again um because <laughs> in new mutants uh, Danielle Moonstar's powers are making everyone like have these crazy hallucinations that also are sort of real and mm-hmm. can hurt them. Uh, and every time they would try to insert one of these, it would usually be when Danny is either sleeping and having a nightmare or she's talking in therapy or something like that. Yeah. And they would try to inter intercut between her having that scene and then the the person experiencing the nightmare and the hallucinations and it was never done in a way that created any sort of momentum or yeah uh kind of it, it did not it was not cohesive uh it was very all right we're doing this scene and we're doing this for 30 seconds okay right we're hopping to this other scene we're doing it for 30 seconds like there was no kind of flipping back and forth to create some sort of tension to be like oh is she gonna wake up first or is that gonna get him you know there they didn't do anything with that. It was just kind of, oh, we feel like we need to be able to hop back and forth between these because that's like a cool comic, or not comic book, a cool movie thing to do. Like, that's a cool way, like, cinematic trick to have mm. you be be able to experience multiple things at once and, and kind of do something with that. Uh, but instead, it, it just felt very slow. Um, it felt to me like they hadn't, bothered with editing it in those sections it's just kind of like all right this is probably about where it's gonna go okay i guess we're just never gonna release this movie normally anyway who cares (laughs) um it's like the vibe it gave me and and not just in those sequences but several times throughout the movie i got almost a almost the feeling you get when you're watching uh deleted scenes from a movie and you watch all of them in order on a on a dvd (laughs) or something and so like it's just jumping and there's no transition and and the scenes never like cut tightly, so there's just this awkward like silence where a couple a character's looking into the distance or something, and then it'll jump to somewhere else, and there's no like flow. <laughs> it's just right. oh hey, here's one scene. <laughs> All right, here's another scene. Cool. I it was it was a strange uh, effect. The the opening I feel like starts off very much on the wrong foot because we mm-hmm. have two two scenes in a row of Danielle waking up disoriented and not knowing what's going on. Right. So the movie has like a false start with that opening scene. And I feel like they could have just had her waking up in the hospital and then slowly reveal what's happened to her in the past. I did have that exact thought (laughs) while I was watching. 
I, well, I think it would also help cut down on it because they keep cutting back to that scene. And I'm like, I know she thinks a demon bear was chasing her and Slipknot <laughs> was her dad. I remember. <laughs> like, you don't – like, that opening scene where she's talking to Alice Braga and, and Alice Braga, like, briefly brings it up of, like, there was a tornado. And they cut back to part of the flashback. I'm like, I – I was in that scene 30 seconds ago. I I remember what happened, okay? I know you think this movie is too boring and I've already forgotten. I do remember <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, I the fact that her name is Moonstar is so and I understand like maybe that is a Cheyenne name and in which case no jokes. But if it's not, it's very much a YA novel like. Yeah. And her, Moonstar. And when she and uh, Maisie Williams looking like Ron Weasley are over there making out, and then she gets like her wolf eyes, and she's like, your eyes, they're beautiful. <laughs> but the one that hit me the most was when she's like in the dream forest, and she's chasing a wolf, and she goes, rain! I thought, I bet a warrior cat's going to jump out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet old... Branch foot's gonna gonna roll up here. <laughs> That's a good warrior's cat name. Thank you. I think eyeball would also work for one of those guys. Maybe. Yeah, they call winter leaf. They call uh, winter leaf bear because <laughs> whatever. I get. Uh, it's fine. They're very popular books. No shade. But uh, it's it was it was amusing to me. I got very frustrated by bits of exposition that that were happening not in front of Danielle or like stuff that people should already know like there's a scene where uh i guess uh, Charlie Heaton's Sam um or Sam and Roberto were just kind of hanging out somewhere um and and Roberto's like oh how what happened in the coal mine with your father or whatever. And it's like, you should know that. Like how long have, <laughs> I, I also don't know how long these characters have been here. Right. Um, cause they could be here for years. And like the way when rain is first talking to Danielle and she's like, Oh, don't worry. Just follow the program and you'll be out of here. Yeah. Definitely, definitely before any of us. And it's like, well, were there people here before you right. or that came in while you were here and they've already left? Like I, I, none of it made sense. <laughs> yeah. Or, or is she also new and has just bought into this? Is drunk the Kool Aid, and so she's like, mm-hmm. "That's what I hear." Yeah, that's yeah. all very, very strange because they also all seem to have a familiarity with each other, and yet not enough for Roberto to know anything about Sam's backstory, or for him and Ileana to have started anything. <laughs> yeah, but now they do, and so it just creates this odd sense well, of like. That she that supposedly Danny is the new kid, and having to learn the ropes from these the old guard. But the old guard also seems to be unfamiliar with every. Seems to they seem very relaxed, but they don't know each other at all. Apparently, it's all very right. strange. It's it's almost like this this movie does need more characters to just sort of fill in some of those gaps. Like yeah. I I still don't understand why we have one doctor character who's acting as authority. Like I get yeah. that she her power is that she has like shields so she keeps people from leaving. But if any of them got mad at her, like they spike her drink to knock her out. Yeah, Amy, Anya Taylor Joy could could kill her and then they could all leave. Like yeah. I don't I don't understand the logic of this like why aren't they why don't they at least have like security guards or anything like that 
They yeah. also, but spiking her drink, it leads to the rad party scene that <laughs> oh we need to God. have in the in the YA movie. I I did kind of like the party scene. <laughs> it just were, were you also up dancing like Rain and Danny to music that was it, definitely playing it on. Comes, it was just like the, this movie is so dour and bland. I was like, that's the one time where I'm like, there's a little bit of life here. Like characters are actually having a little bit of fun and and actually interacting with with. Right. you know their their fellow inmates like I, I, that was the stuff that i, I really kind of latched onto. i'm like why aren't this movie's only 90 minutes how do i feel like we only have like 10 minutes of these characters actually interacting right. with each other like that is just bizarre to me I, I just i don't know that i've ever i've ever more like experienced or been able to tell that a script just said parentheses we need x here yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the script was just do a party scene and they said, well, we can't get Patrick Stewart. Oh, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, although they do make a good joke about that. where uh, Yeah. That when they're talking about who they think is controlling them or, or is in charge of them, uh, I think it's Roberto like put does the ex that yeah. Xavier finger to forehead or finger to temple thing, yeah. um, which is cute. But yeah, the party scene is just like, we have to have the show, show the girls laughing at something. Uh, aren't aren't don't two of them like s- s- throw a chair down a hallway or there's something like they're we, playing? We, a yeah, game? yeah. They they roll they race chairs in the hallways. Like and very badly, schoolers. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, it's it so well, good. The the weirdest part of that is like at the end of that montage, like Sam and Roberto are like walking back to like the main room or whatever, and they like hug each other. Like it's yeah. a, it's like a friend. Like oh, we're bros, man. Yeah. Let's get, hu- bro hug and it's like that's not that's not what i i've been watching for the the, the past 45 minutes <laughs> to, to borrow a comparison uh from the flop house it's it looks like they got a bunch of actors who'd never partied before and then got a dog to teach them how to do it <laughs> <laughs> like dance what does that mean oh, i just gotta jump around <laughs> look look i'm not saying that that I enjoyed this so much because I would have fit in at that kind of party. But, <laughs> but I've been to Alex's Christmas parties, and he has. There's a point where he walks over like shaking, and he's like so excited. He goes, "Do you guys want to push a chair down a hallway? <laughs> Lampshade on the head. Woo. Um. <laughs> Yeah, now I now I definitely have to do that for the next Christmas party. <laughs> oh Lord, yeah, it's just such a such an interesting little because it does very much feel like I don't know Breakfast Club, right? What do they do in the Breakfast Club? I don't know. <laughs> just have them do something. But I, but I was also thinking you mentioned having other doctors. I think it would have been interesting if then those doctors, it, when the nightmares came to life, those doctors took on the roles of, you know. Uh, uh, Sam's dad or like the priest maybe it's one of the orderlies but then the orderly she's like you can't be in here I'm showering and he's like I'm not an orderly I'm a, I'm a cardinal and then, like I think that would have been an interesting way as opposed to just because then you can almost play with the like are they hallucinating this yeah. or is right. this a nightmare or is this something about this because then you can create this question of oh is if Danny hadn't been here, would all, would these doctors have turned on these uh, uh, patients? Like, mm-hmm. what's really the problem here? And that can, you know, you can have an arc where then they're starting to doubt Danny and she has to prove herself or something. I don't know. But, like, I think that would have been a little more interesting because otherwise it's like, 
every time some they, they relive their past, obviously it's very painful, but they're also like, oh, I killed you. So you're not real. <laughs> it's still scary, but like, you're not here, right. but you are here. It's, I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say about the movie. I, I did on the, I, I feel like I, I'm, I'm like, I'm a little flip floppy on, on the runtime. Cause I'm on the one hand, I'm like, well, this movie's boring and dull and it does, yeah. it's uninspired 90 minutes. All right. I respect that. Well, on the other hand, I do think if they actually added more material, added more stuff to beef up the characterization for these people, the movie would improve greatly. Like, I, I do think this is one situation where if they had gone back to do the reshoots as planned, it probably would be a better movie. So did they just not do reshoots? No, they, they did oh, okay, not. Okay, okay, okay. Do we know when, I mean, I imagine this is a given for superhero media, but was this planned as a specific series? I think like, I think Josh Boone had the idea of like, oh, I'd like to make a trilogy or something. But did Fox say, okay, this is going to be the first in it was su- movies? <clears throat> it was supposed to be more connected to X-Men Apocalypse. And I think oh. it was supposed to be set during the 80s and maybe they were going to try and get McAvoy to show up to some mm-hmm. degree. Okay. But then obviously Apocalypse didn't do very well. And so they were like, okay, let's let's minimize that. Let's make this its own thing which i kind of understand but at the same time their takeaways from what went wrong with apocalypse were <laughs> wrong in the first place so <laughs> um i i guess how did you guys feel about the connections to x-men in this because obviously new mutants like everyone knows this is at least somewhat connected to x-men but the fact that the movie goes so long before like it, it just kind of acts as its own thing, and then there's one scene where Roberto, like he pretends to be Professor X, and they're yeah. like, "You know about X Men, right?" <laughs> I, I didn't no. mind it because it, 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 I think it helps the movie to stand on its own more, and it's like it. I felt like that was a reminder, like, "Hey, this is the world that takes place in." But I think I would have been almost annoyed if they were like, "Well, we're trying to." If they made it too attached to the other X Men movies, it's like sure. this movie doesn't get to be its own thing. And so by letting them only kind of vaguely reference, like that's probably what that in that world that would be like that they're not only talking about the X Men a hundred percent of the time, right? But that like they're dealing with this worldwide situation of there being mutants, and then at some point like, well, we can mention the X Men in passing conversation because that's how things are, right? And I, yeah, I, I think that the alternative would have just left me feeling like, but I wanted to watch a New Mutants movie, not the New Mutants featuring X Men cameos, right? Necessarily. I mean, I don't know how, you know, yeah. I don't love this movie, so who knows. Britton, you, you showed us a, a screenshot of a, of a quote from Josh Boone. I, I want you to, to share that with us if, if you can. <laughs> share uh, it with the Yes, class. I believe, uh, to paraphrase it, he said, this is probably the hardest PG-13 ever made. I don't know what would be the hardest PG-13 ever made. Um... But I don't think this is it because it's not like people are getting their legs ripped off or, or nothing, you know? No. The the worst we get is is the doctor getting eaten by Demon Bear. Like yeah, that's... and like uh, uh, Maisie Williams getting branded. Yeah. True. But like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That felt kind of, 
I don't know. Maybe that was his original plan. Maybe this was a quote of his, like, as he was writing it before they started sure. shooting things. Maybe this was his his hope was to make that kind of movie. But uh, I don't think that's what actually happened. Although I don't know that many. I don't see. I don't know what movies are rated anymore. I don't think about it because yeah. I'm like a big, powerful adult and I can see whatever I want. <laughs> I'm just like a big, awesome grown up. All right. Let's ask the internet. <laughs> but <laughs> most violent. Is that is that what we're going most? I, I think that's what he meant. Yeah, like just a graphic. hard, it's like a hard PG thirteen. Most graphically demanding PC games. Okay, that sounds good. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about RuneScape movies. <laughs> Restart this podcast in MS DOS mode. Let's do it. I I looked this up and Google has recommended what to watch. <laughs> Okay, so the reason the reason it's a, it's recommended these films um, is because it says movies. the 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 keywords it took was movies, PG thirteen, and graphics. So it took like graphics as like a thing the movie has. Okay, and the movies are Avengers: Infinity War and Spawn. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Thank you, Google. I, I will say I think Infinity War is more emotionally exacting than this movie. I've got all right, all right. I've got. I'm gonna I'm gonna rapid fire these. We got uh, Expendables three, oh. Insidious, hmm. The Dark Knight. Okay, yeah. Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shacked Me. Taken. Oh really? Drag Me to Hell. Huh. Mister and Mrs. Smith. World War Z. Hmm. Jaws, which Jaws was PG, I think, because of... Yeah. yeah or was that the first PG-13? No, PG-13 was in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Um, and Poltergeist. So, every Lord of, Every Lord of the Rings movie is more graphic than this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's also <laughs> true. That's true. Yeah, it's true. And I guess in terms of... I was going to say, like, that's not like a lot to compete with, so I guess maybe he was, he was like, hey, you know what? We yeah, could give this a shot. We could take that record. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a horror movie but with teens and his superheroes, <laughs> which are usually really baby and bubblegum pop. That's yeah. It was, just, it was an interesting way to look at that movie. Um, and again, you know, I, I don't want to accuse the movie of not being scary because scary is relative, but at the same time, I feel like apart from the, uh, the the Slenderman smiley guys, yeah, and like this kind of the dinginess of the walls. It, I don't think it, it. It didn't seem to that often be trying to go for being scary. It seemed to want kind of the aesthetic of certain main wide release horror movies, but it didn't mainstream wide release horror movies. But it didn't seem to seek to really scare you, right? Which is fine, except that the aesthetic just seems wasted at that point that it's like it feel like you said it feels so obvious that it's not a safe environment and not in the way where it's like oh as the audience we we can see something's up because we've been given information the characters don't have but i see why the characters would believe that this place is safe they didn't see that orderly use the key card to go into that closet that we don't know there's an accent mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. right but we did but it, it just seemed like why don't the characters know that this is a bad place yeah. Um one one scene I did want to point out was the uh the pool sequence. Um mm -hmm. 
because that was another point where I thought, oh, they have an opportunity to turn a corner here and really kind of do something. Yeah, like hardcore um, nudity. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, to set it up, Roberto walks in because he's, he's hearing someone singing and, and he sees – seemingly he sees Ileana uh, swimming and she invites him in and it becomes a dramatic scene where he's – you know, they start kissing and he says, well, I, I – you know, I, anytime I get – like too heated or too emotional i my powers start going off i can't touch you i that's what happened to my girlfriend i killed her and like we're really exploring the trauma and i appreciated that we were able to do that without just cutting to a flashback yeah Mm because we do that with basically everyone else um and and like that's the one time where iliana seems to be showing some sort of empathy for Mm -hmm. for him and and she's like relax it's okay i'm here um but then it just turns out she's a demon (laughs) <laughs> she's a i'm like oh like you you i really thought they were turning a corner and like this ob- obnoxious character is actually learning to grow and care about somebody else through this romantic relationship yeah and it's like oh no she's a demon she's she's not that's not actually iliana and i i that was the one chance where we're like oh roberto's kind of a flatline through all this he's just the guy who's cleaning up in the kitchen like what what are we doing with this guy other than he's the fire guy because team up superhero movie that's just one of the the typical tropes i guess um gotta have your charmander <laughs> exactly and i was like oh he's actually got like a really compelling backstory and then like nut up <laughs> can we can we also talk about the fact that they make a big point about how multiple times how the the encampment is is 20 miles from the nearest city right it's not like it's not like you're in the middle of the desert. <laughs> right. They're exactly. Tw- it's it's so close but so far. <laughs> 20 miles is not like you'd be you'd be tired if you if you had to walk 20 miles. <laughs> you could do it in like a day or two, you know, if you if you needed to stop for a rest. Like it's it's not it's not that long, <laughs> not, right. not that far. <laughs> I thought that was very strange that they kept repeating that as a plot point, because again, I don't. They also didn't really like even try to see if the shields were down when they mm-hmm. spiked doctors, doctor ladies. Drink. I did. I didn't want to get that nitpicky. I, I didn't want to be but like. I, but it is well, traditionally. Like... Traditionally, when you knock out a, a, a superhero character or, or in, in this type of thing, normally whatever their power is, it stops working yeah. because hey, right. they're knocked out. It's disabled. Yeah, and it's. I, it speaks to a larger point of the fact that the characters don't seem to have much in the way of like a thing they want to accomplish. Right, right, and like there's a there's a, a way you could do this with the movie and with the, the the structure of the script to really make it like into this uh, crazy thing where they all have kind of like the Stockholm syndrome effect and and they're thinking that they have to stay here to get better because of the trauma they've had and, and that sort of thing and I guess they, maybe they do that a little bit with uh, Sam and Charlie Heaton's character. Um, but for the most part, they don't really establish that, like, oh, no, no, these, these guys would leave, or, like, don't have a reason not to leave, I should say, um, if they get the chance, because they're being healthier against their will, and, like, I don't know, I feel like, especially when you're talking about, like, Rain or Ileana, uh, it feels very strange that they don't try to 
get out in some form or fashion. Right. When they clearly don't, like, want to be here. And, and like, they, they have scenes where, where, like, Alice Braga, like, puts Ileana in solitary confinement. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if Ileana really wanted it, she wouldn't have to be forced in solitary confinement. Yeah. Like, the, the scene is just, it's not even like Alice Braga has her in a force field and she's kind of pushing the force field in there. There's not She's literally, like, grabbing her physically and just pushing yeah. her in there. And I'm like, that's... Yeah. I don't... Ah, it doesn't work. Couldn't she also teleport through the shields? Oh. Well, I don't know, reason she they don't like... explain that 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 <laughs> world that she created well enough for me to know, so... Yeah. yeah. Maybe she can only travel, like, five feet with it. <laughs> yeah, because, like, at the beginning when, like, Danny, Danny's trying to run and tackle her, she just, like... It just, like, evaporates. <laughs> just, just, just disapparates, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to say. Just disappears. Yeah, it's really weird. Also, Maisie Williams only becomes a wolf once because I guess the wolf budget wasn't very. High. The, well, this is the other thing is that she doesn't. Wolf's mane in the comics is not like, oh, I turn into a wolf. She's yeah. like, I turn into like wolf woman, like, right? Like, which she does do in the in the movie, but right. like, kind of, uh, more of a werewolf type thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, her her like freaking out and jumping on top of the demon bear and just clawing it repeatedly yeah. was hilarious. And that's that's definitely the closest they come to doing that look. Um yeah. but it's still just like, oh she has the eyes and like she's got uh, some claws. Yeah. Stuff. yeah, I'm looking at photos now. Um but like the it was very clear that they were just like, eh we're just gonna use a wolf. <laughs> we <laughs> we can we can get a, a wolf footage. <laughs> Do they explain why Ileana, like, why, why she fights so well and why she can do all these sorts of flips and, and all this stuff? Maybe. Russian. <laughs> I think we're just supposed to assume that she was Eric Bana trained her in the snowy woods or something. That's that's a deep cut, my friend. <laughs> Went over my head. Hana. Also, just like movies, <laughs> like if like, this sure. is like a, I think most Russian characters are coded in movies as being secret trained, U- like yeah. killing machines. Uber, uber tough. Yeah, who were monsters because of it? Sorry, internet. Well, it's it's just so bizarre because there there's so many touches that Anya Taylor Joy like adds to the character mm-hmm. where I'm like, that's a good choice. Like I yeah, just remember good. like when they're when she's showing Danielle around and she's like doctor and she's she's knocking on the door and she like gives a little fake salute. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh when the door opens i'm like that's a that's neat that's a fun little little character quirk but the character's just the worst <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it's like where's should... the when's the demon bear going to attack her <laughs> i should point out uh i apparently she does have an association with lockheed i think lockheed is more associated with kitty pride in the comics but mm. she does have okay. a friendship with with the pet dragon so i okay. i i see why they went there but also all right, this movie gets kind an extra point five points for comic book accuracy. Yes. He was also point such a small dragon. One hundred. <laughs> he was also a small dragon. It's not like he could do a whole lot. Well, yeah, yeah well, he's kind of just I, like a. I kind of lost track. Like, did he breathe fire? Was there? Mm-hmm. Any... He does at some point. Yeah, he breathes okay. some fire in his eye. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I do I, kind I, of like that all the not all but a bunch of them like all the mutants got their licks in. They all got to do something to the demon bear. Sure. Yeah. Which I thought was kinda of cool, but also it felt kind of style less. Yeah. And again, I just got big Suicide Squad flashback. I really feel like if they were gonna do that two bears thing, it should have been like brought out in dialogue. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like... <laughs> the, no, no, the, I, I, I can almost imagine... <laughs> like, I feel like once they get the reveal that Danielle is the one causing all of the, the hallucinations and all these, these demons to pop up, she needs to have a conversation with Rain where she's like, you know, I remember this story my father told me, you know, like, something to kind of... That matches the situation they're in instead of just randomly being inserted at the beginning of the movie. Sure. Um, I don't know. He has his voiceover at the beginning. I, of the, I, the reason Breakfast Club works, <laughs> and this is a this is trying to do Breakfast Club in a way, right? Is because that whole movie is just characters interacting from each other and learning from each other. That's yeah. all that movie is. And this movie, like I said, it feels like we only have, like, in a 90-minute movie, only, like, 10 or 15 minutes are given to that sort of thing. The rest of it is either, like, generic therapy session scenes, the fake horror scenes, or the last third, which is dumb, <laughs> giant demon bear ending, you know? Right. I'm like, the, the stuff that, that would really make this very, very compelling is just not here. And like I said, I don't know how much is cut from the movie. I think, Britton, you had mentioned John Hamm is supposed to be in this. I think he was Mr. Sinister. Okay. Like, I think. I think. I, I don't know if they shot anything with him or if it I think was they like... did. Okay. <laughs> so, so, like, like it, I, it does make me wonder. And I'm not saying release the boon cut because I don't I, <laughs> release. No. No, no, no. Release the ham cut. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair enough. Um, John Ham literally goes would, into the would, editing booth and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. It would be called Slices of Ham, but go on. <laughs> right. Uh, th- th- thank you, Britton. That's what, that's what I was trying to circle around there. But yeah, it feels like a lot of just the emotional stuff that, that would really make this work is just like it either wasn't written because this feels like a first draft or it's just like cut from the movie entirely. Yeah. I can't I can't make up my mind about which one it is. Apparently there was a I'm seeing there was maybe just a, a post credit scene with him. Which is funny because oh, okay. we already tried to introduce they already did this in Apocalypse like we were talking about. So it's like, okay, we we've three movies down the line, now we can do the post credits that introduces the character we've been referencing in those last three. <laughs> Which is also just like, uh, so. Could you oh, imagine in one of the M- MCU after credit scenes if all they said was Thanos, <laughs> like 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 in the at the end of the first Iron Man movie instead of the Nick Fury cameo where he talks about the Avengers, he's he's like Thanos and that's it, <laughs> and we have to wait years to and when when he next pops up, it's literally just seeing Thanos. They don't even say his name. Like there's no connection. Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, I want to, so Mr. Sinister, like he has this whole insane, I think I probably ranted about this a little bit during the Deadpool two podcast. Um, but he has this whole crazy backstory that's very convoluted and gets involved with cable. Um, because like he's manipulating, uh, clones of, uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey and like he creates a clone of Jean Grey that eventually turns into a, a demon queen lady and that's a whole thing um, th- there's just a whole lot of like nonsense that's just like it It doesn't really make sense in the comics to my understanding I haven't explored all of these and I want to someday because I, I, they sound just crazy enough to be enjoyable um, 
Yeah, I'm looking but at like, pictures of him, and he's he's got a he's got a wild look. Yeah, he looks crazy. He's he's got this like giant blue cape thing, and like it's all yeah. spiky and swirly. He's like creepy mutant Dracula kind of thing going yeah. on. Um, you know the kind of villain you want in 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 a big X Men movie instead of just sure. Oh, we're doing Magneto again, <laughs> yes, or correct. oh hey, it's Colonel Striker. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Um, again, <laughs> or or Phoenix in a red leather jacket. <laughs> yes. Uh. And, like, the idea that these movies even toyed with introducing him is just so, like, y- y'all, what, what, you're, look at, look at how the MCU is doing Thanos, right? And, and I'm, I'm saying this as if I'm saying this to the executives in charge of the X-Men at Fox. When, you are looking Simon Fox. Kinberg straight in the eye. I'm looking Simon Kinberg in the eye, and I'm like, look at what the MCU did to introduce Thanos and, like, we had Thor Ragnarok, and and that brought in some crazy, uh, as big players of Asgard. Um, it brought in the Grandmaster, and he was wacky and weird, and and Hela. Um, look at all of that, and then look at you, who who still has yet to introduce the correct costumes for these characters, <laughs> and tell me what your game plan is for coming up with with a movie that successfully utilizes Mr. Sinister, the <laughs> insane X-Men future past geneticist. I think he's like from the 1800s or something like that is when huh. Nathaniel Essex is born. And like he, he works with apocalypse and like, there's this, he's, he's the most like esoteric X-Men yeah. villain. And I'm like, what, what made you believe <laughs> Tyler that was ever going to work? Tyler, Simon Kimberg's response to that would be, look, man, listen, I'm still having weekly debates with the Fox executives about having the fan force to cast, having a crossover with our X-Men cast. <laughs> In 2019, we're still doing that, okay? <laughs> Baby there's, steps. <laughs> there's a universe where that fan movie was, like, somehow okay enough to do well enough at the box office to get a sequel, and the sequel deals with Galactus. And, like... I don't want to know, but I also want to know what that would have been. I, w- I want to know what would have happened there. I mean, Galactus would have just been like a computer hacker, right? <laughs> Another oh, yeah. computer hacker? <laughs> yeah. He'd be like Michael Sarah or something. <laughs> okay, but please. <laughs> but, but like, can, no, no, it, he it, doesn't it would, even... No, even worse than that, it, like, it would just, like, the character's name would just be like George, and he'd be like, I'm. I'm going after Wall Street and the big banks and my my evil hacking computer program that's going to shut everything down is called Galactus. Like, that's what they would do because, hey, modern politics or whatever. (laughs) I don't even need... I don't even need this movie for Michael Sarah to be Galactus. I need the MCU to cast Michael Sarah as Galactus. (laughs) Hi, I'm George Lactus, and I... (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm, I'm George you, you Allen Actus. G Al. Ooh, you, can we can we do a switcheroo on that? Can we have Michael Sarah be be Galactus and uh, um, Jason Bateman be Silver Surfer? <laughs> okay, but Michael Sarah, yeah, Michael Sarah Silver Surfer is also very good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm one of the most powerful characters in the universe. Here I come. <laughs> and Bateman can be Galactus. He's like. Well, yeah, I probably shouldn't um, have done things that made me mad, okay? All right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, Silver Surfer, we're going to take care of that, buddy. All right. 
Yeah, I guess I'm kind of like really cool and powerful and stuff. I've got <laughs> my my surfboard here. Uh, came down to Earth, but now I can't leave because Galactus left. Uh. They bring Elliot Page back as uh, Shadow Cat, and he's like, "Silver Surfer, you're like the coolest alien I know, and you don't even try." <laughs> <laughs> and he like kind of shrugs with his like big backy like because... board shorts. He goes. I try really hard, actually. The, I, I was just rereading the other day, because I've been like on a big comics kick recently, and I was rereading the original Galactus story that also introduces Silver Surfer, and like, there's a whole thing where you know Silver Surfer is this, he's this, this shiny, bald, hunky guy mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's all dark and mysterious, and he shows up and he convinces uh, Alicia Masters, who is... She's actually in the Fantastic Four movies, the hmm. um, love interest of the thing, and, and she like, convinces right? him. Oh wow. Yeah, I think you're right. Um and she like convinces him to this may actually happen in the movie too. I haven't seen that second one in forever. Um but she actually like convinces him to like uh basically fight against Galactus and, and you know, decide that that people are actually good. Uh <laughs> just imagining that taking place where Michael Sarah's like so tortured and like he's like i've i've helped i've helped Leah kill uh, hundreds of thousands of lives across the galaxy because uh, galactus has to keep feeding it's it's crazy man <laughs> like... uh come on marvel <laughs> and someone has to be like i i see your noble heart silver surfer <laughs> that's very good silver surfer discovered the power of self-confidence Jason Bateman Galactus uh, tries to tries to eat the Earth and uh, the Avengers or, or whoever turn him back, and he's like, "I don't know what I expected." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very good. <laughs> you Avengers sure have the patience of Job. What? <laughs> uh, okay, that's right. Gal- Galactus is very devout. Um, uh. <clears throat> But he still can't dance like a chicken. I'd say that we should now cast Willownet as Adam Warlock, but I think we'd be getting too obscure. Mm. Um... <laughs> Remember when they teased that at the end of Guardians 2? And we're all yeah. like, oh, it's going to be Nathan Fillion or something. Yeah. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> categorically false. Uh, do we have anything else to say about New Mutants? Since clearly we're more excited about other other movies that could potentially happen. And probably won't, but are still more interesting to talk about. Yeah, I still don't believe the MCU is doing X-Men. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Alex, what you giving it? What you grading it? Um, I think I'm just going to go with a D. Mm. Uh, yeah, same here. And I didn't hate the movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, I was mostly just bored by it and just a lot of missed opportunities and, and the movie not really sure what it wants to be going for. Mm. Um, the actors seem to be, you know, pulling most of the weight. Um, but yeah, it's just like the editing's not very good. The action scenes are overblown and, and the CGI is not great and it's all confusing. Um, yeah, like I said, I, I I do think if they had kind of re rejiggered this to to be a a more horror movie, 
Um, with reshoots, I think that would have helped quite a bit if they had yeah. added more horror sequences and then also just more scenes of characterization and more of the our actual team actually interacting with each other would have been nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I D. Ari Aster's The New Mutants. <laughs> Seriously two, though, two give me that movie. Nightmare. Um, I'm also going to go with D. I I think if I had seen this movie as intended, it would have felt a lot worse and really perfunctory, but because I went into it with such low expectations, it was like, this movie, it felt more cohesive than I expected it to. Sure. But that said, it it didn't work for me largely because I think it just isn't aimed at me, but also I think that if I saw it as a teenager and liked it, I wouldn't hold on to it through adulthood. Right. It's just kind of like, yeah, you know, I, I just don't think there's a whole lot to to latch on to in it i'm also giving it a d for demon bear nice (laughs) i i would like to just compare our grades with those of dark phoenix because i find this fascinating um i gave dark phoenix a d plus so that means i like dark phoenix more than this that's (laughs) that's accurate uh tyler you gave dark phoenix a d so the exact same grade for both of them that's that's accurate <laughs> and britain you gave dark phoenix a d minus so you like oh, really? this better i guess i did did i weird <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember that movie clearly um <laughs> probably for the best may, may i also clarify that when i say i give this a d for demon bear if it had no demon bear, it might have been lower. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I will say I, I think this is a situation much like Quantum of Solace where it's probably best if I'm the only person that remembers it. <laughs> True. That This and Dark Phoenix. <laughs> sure. What did I write? Pitch Perfect 3? My uh, So branded my Dark Phoenix. Uh, D plus it looks like. Okay, that's fair. Okay, well, I can sit on all that. Track because... I can sit on all of that comfortably. <laughs> okay, and cool. I, and I gave Pitch Perfect three a D, which means I like it exactly the same as New Mutants. <laughs> 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 I would like to go back in there at some time and like, what is like the weirdest combination of movies that it ha- like comparing them is completely illogical, sure. but I gave them all the same grade. Right, right. Where it's like it is interesting. Uh, like like the phantom menace versus like a view to a kill or sure. something you know <laughs> <laughs> indeed um so now i've gone to recommendations would one of y'all like to start i always start um i do not have anything this time um i am 75 percent of the way through 12 monkeys with bruce Ooh. willis and brad pitt um yeah. it's a very weird off-kilter movie and I think I like it, but it needs to stick the landing in the end. So I'll let you know. <laughs> That's pretty good in that, as I recall. I can't decide if I like him or not because he's basically just playing the kooky, crazy guy. I'm sure. like, I guess it's a good performance, but I don't know how much of it is just Terry Gilliam just being like, be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Rub your chin more. Yeah. <laughs> I also have no recommendation. I have no excuses. I'm not 75% through 12 Monkeys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I um I don't have a movie to recommend because I just couldn't get myself to watch a movie uh, this week. But I do have a surprisingly relevant book series to recommend. It is too hot for me to reach. The Warrior Cats? It is The Warrior Cats. 
Um, this is um, also a story about a group of young people discovering their talents and dealing with their past traumas. Um, it is the Track series by Jason Reynolds. I just finished the last book. It's a four-book series. It's a middle-grade series. Mm. And um, Jason Reynolds, I just started reading him last year, and he has quickly become one of my favorite writers. I think he's just extraordinary. He mostly writes younger uh, fiction. But he did actually write a Miles Morales book that I'm really interested in in picking up. Um, He's just a brilliant writer. Everything I've read of his I've loved. And it's essentially the, the story of these four kids on a track team, Ghost, Patina, Sonny, and Lou. And the books move in sequence. Like each book takes place sequentially next, but it just, they pass the baton to a new character to kind of narrate the larger events, but also to get a window into their lives. Um, it is a really engrossing, fascinating series. None of the books are very long. They're all under, I think only two of them pass 200 pages. Like they read really quickly, as you can imagine, partially because they're aimed at, you know, middle grade readers, but also because Jason Reynolds is so good at hooking you and getting you invested very quickly. And, um, the kids feel so unique to each other and the stories are, are so unified, but so distinct. Um, they're very moving. They're funny. Uh, I, I, I think I would have liked them as a teenager, but I really loved them as an adult. Um, I, I really just can't say enough good things about them. They're just really well-written books. And I think they do such a good job of dealing with some pretty tough subjects in a way that never feels cruel and never feels like, why are we, why are you doing this to a middle schooler? Like, what is this? It always feels like, no, I'm sure there is some kid out there who's dealt with this and it's good that they now have a book to see that in. And it's always very hopeful. So, you know, your, your local library your your local bookstore, whatever, by whatever means you get books, check out the track series uh, by Jason Reynolds. The first book of which is called ghost. So what you're saying is Jason Reynolds should have written new Mutants. <laughs> oh my God. Jason. Okay. I haven't read his Miles Morales book. I assume it's great. Um, that would have been a very different movie. <laughs> <laughs> also, wasn't there some controversy with the uh, the guy who came up with New Mutants? Like, they in the credits of this movie, I think they misspelled his name. <laughs> I don't know if it was the guy. I think I did see that. I don't know if it's the guy who came up with it. One of the writers of this movie is Nate, and it's K-N-A-T-E. So that gave me a headache. <laughs> but uh w- one of the the uh kind of references where it's like oh we give special thanks to and it's like the people that helped inspire the movie with their works i guess um yeah apparently they misspelled his name in the the, the oh. theatrical run interesting i think it was the artist let me see what was the actual mistake apparently it's been fixed now on home yeah it's been fixed now but it, yeah that's just yeah it was it's not he, a good look uh Bob McLeod versus MacLeod. They add an A. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he was the artist on the original run. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sorry, Bob. All your works are dust. (laughs) Do better Fox that no longer exists. Or he'd be like, no, I don't want my name connected to this movie. Thank God they had that typo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we are uh, speaking of interesting people who write comic books uh we're diving into a a different kind of thing next week aren't we fellas i thought you were gonna say thank god for typos next week (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah we're we're talking about watchmen Mm -hmm. and not 
not the HBO series. Uh, no. We might talk about the HBO series a little. Yeah, depending on um, how if, whether I finished it yet or not. It, I, I think I think it's inevitably going to come up at least a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Probably a good idea to finish it, Britain. That's your assignment. Yeah, I should, I should. So, so yeah, um, as we, as we've established, we will be doing the Snyder Cut, and leading up to that, we're going to be doing Watchmen to kind of establish uh, Zack Snyder's kind of first foray into the superhero world. Then we'll address Man of Steel because we never actually reviewed that one, and then we'll do the Snyder Cut. So we've got three straight weeks we will, of Snyder. We will review the Snyder Cut if it kills us. <laughs> That's our our promise to you. Yes. But if we survive it, we get dessert after. So <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry, kids. We should do that. Eat I feel dessert? like. No, we, we need to have like some. Once we get through the Snyder Cut, we need some sort of celebration. <laughs> like. We'll think of something. Yeah, we'll talk about it. I'm pretty sure we already have what I consider dessert cooked up for after that. But we, we, we will discuss. <laughs> we can look at the look at the calendar. <laughs> cool. Well, um, I'm going to go look in a dryer and remember some stuff, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I will catch y'all next week. <laughs> it's a reference to the movie. I've been Britain. I'm going to go get started on the uh, director's cut of Watchmen because it takes a year to get through. I've been <laughs> Alex. I've been Tyler. Have a good night. <laughs>